Hey, this is Nancy Rommelman coming to you from Paloma Media Studios. I'm going to read you a piece that posted today, uh, January 26th, 2022, on palomamedia.com. Uh, you can go check it out over there or listen to me read it for you. It's called O City, My City. I once read in the testimony of a non-Jewish professor who lived in Germany in the early 1930s that the awareness of what was happening to the Jews was, in his words, like watching grass grow. You didn't see it, and then it was over your head. I've thought of this several times over the past two years, watching COVID slam shut New York's businesses, watching the subway degrade, seeing rats everywhere, rats that were surely here when I was a kid, but when did they become so brazen? When, by their presence, did they insinuate a certain rot that could not be washed away in the morning by the storekeep? There was also, of course, the political rot, when I asked my mother, who's voted in every New York election since 1960, who would vote for Andrew Cuomo, she said she didn't know, that nobody liked him. And what in God's name could explain de Blasio? Oh, everybody hates him, she said. And yet we were stuck with these people, stuck with the policies they enacted. In the case of the former, leading directly to the COVID deaths of thousands of elderly and disabled citizens, deaths Cuomo's, deaths Cuomo evidently thought he could lie his way out of. I am no fan, I might even say I am temperamentally opposed to having the lever that is me too behavior, gross and disturbing as it may be, be the thing that pries people from power instead of, you know, leaving upwards of 10,000 elderly people to die lonely deaths. Deaths for which the Manhattan DA's office this month decided Cuomo will not be prosecuted, but so be it. And I'm not suggesting the former governor should have acted as some sort of soothsayer during the early days of COVID. We knew little and were running scared and doing the best we could. But Cuomo was not doing his best when he covered up the death toll. And I am far from the only New Yorker wondering why we keep entrusting people of his caliber to influence the fate of the city. Cuomo is gone. So is de Blasio, who in 2020 and 2021 was seemingly more alarmed at the advent of preschoolers going unmasked than the spike in murder, rape, robbery, and felony assault, which for the month of January 2022 has so far clocked in at 2,368, including 23 people killed. One of the murdered was rookie NYPD officer Jason Rivera. He was 22. His partner, Officer Wilbert Mora, 27, succumbed to his injuries on January 25th. On January 19th, they'd been on a service call in Harlem, a domestic dispute. The shooter, I am told, came from a bedroom and suspecting the officers were wearing body armor, aimed for their heads. A third officer ferried others in the apartment to safety and then shot the shooter, who died several days later. I see every human life as equivalent, a city councilwoman said on January 24th, drawing a parallel between the officers' lives and the shooters which might seem curious or callous, might seem equivocation with a purpose, but is in fact just rather blunt. The perennial antipathy toward law enforcement reformed into a platform from which to signal that while all are welcome here, some are more welcome than others. I have heard all cops are bastards chanted more than a thousand times, have seen kill the pigs and defund the police carved into and spray painted onto buildings and bridges. And what did the people doing the carving and spray painting think this meant? I've stood in cascades of window glass smashed because the smashers thought it was fun 
because they were bored, or because they thought it in service to an ideal, an ideal ratified by the ostensible grown-ups in the room, who'd decided to stop prosecuting certain crimes, to stop holding people accountable in order to bring the picture into different focus, to have the actors swap costumes, so to speak. Hadn't one side worn the badge of invincibility long enough? Peter Moskos, a former Baltimore police officer, tweeted the following on Tuesday. And if you go over to palomamedia.com, you, um, you can see the embedded tweets and the like. Peter Moskos. Uh, since he's dead, can't the New York Times just say shot and leave out the accused of shooting? If the New York Times is saying there's a chance the cops were shot by friendly fire, that's the story. But it's the first I've heard of that theory. And this is because the, the, uh, the Times was basically citing the killer of the cops as, you know, basically um, had been accused of killing. Several people on Twitter got on Moscos's case, claimed it was basic journalistic ethics to not assign guilt to someone who has not been convicted of that crime. And I agree, while wondering if a seating asks that we half see what is before our eyes, that we keep things deliberately hazy. It is our city against the killers. It is our city against the killers, Mayor Eric Adams said to the camera after the ambush in Harlem. This is not just an attack against three officers. This is an attack on the city of New York. It is an attack on the children and the families of this city. He meant this literally. Two days before, an 11-month-old baby had been hit in the head with, as they say, a stray bullet. Adams said then to another set of cameras, what is it going to take? What is it going to take? I hate having to relay to my daughter the new subway rules. No earbuds, stand away from the platform's edge, pay attention. This because two women in the past two weeks have been pushed to their deaths from subway platforms by mentally ill men. Part of the legion of mentally ill people now inhabiting the subway. Part of me understands this. It's cold outside. People with nowhere to go have to go somewhere. But it's always been seasonably cold in New York, and I have never seen anything close to what we are seeing now. In every station, there are people shouting, passed out, nodding out. One man follows me up the subway steps at Grand Street with his face up the back of my skirt. And when I jump and yell to tell him to get away, he shouts into the street, I'm going to smack that pussy, smack that pussy. The West 4th Street station, subway station, where I am several times a week, is thick with grime and populated always by dozens of people screaming, shuffling with their pants around their ankles, making beds on the filthy concrete. I recently saw a man chase down and eat some meatballs that had dropped from a takeout container. A homeless guy I have seen many times in the entry of the Carroll Street station last week tried to push a woman onto the tracks. I see all this and think, if this were someplace I were visiting, if this were, say, the transit system in Berlin, I would wonder, what is wrong with this city? I would be lying if I did not admit to fantasies of scrubbing down the subways, of aiding people rather than keeping them through our misguided, if good intentions, in a kind of static hell, of helping restitch a social safety net that currently allows babies to be shot in the face. He was exactly the kind of young person you want to see on the job commented a friend who works with the NYPD when I posted Jason Rivera's Why I Became a Police Officer letter. He was a kid from the city who saw the problems with policing and wanted to make a difference anyway. And I encourage you to go over and, um, and read the letter over on uh, palomamedia.com. Yala Bartour, who's worked with the NYPD, and I hopped on a YouTube last week with retired Detective Stephen Weiss. 
Weiss is also the research director of the Officer Down Memorial page. We talked about New York's current crime wave, what citizens might do to be part of the solution, and the tragic death of Jason Rivera, who left behind his wife of three months. Mora, also married and a father, was still clinging to life when we recorded. Rivera's wake will be on Thursday, with a funeral the following day. Sorry, both at St. Patrick's Cathedral. I will be driving these days from Pittsburgh to Memphis. Please go if you can and let me know if you do. Mora's wake will be on February 1st with a funeral the following day, also at St. Patrick's. May both men rest in peace.